What's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of It Is What It Is, 8bit.net's news and current affairs podcast. Each and every week we bring you all our takes and all the news you need to know about. I'm your host Jack Cruz and joining me this week, author of The Spy and the Maven from Putting In Work, it is my dear friend, Jono himself, Petch. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. <laughs> hey, how you going, Johnny? I'm good. I think this is That's my good. 12th episode, I think. It's good. It's so, good. A baker's dozen. A baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but sure. Well. Um, it's a throwback. Yeah. A throwback. In, inside, inside baseball. Um, hello, my friend. How are you? Yeah, it's good. Good to be here. Good to... Yeah. Get uh, <laughs> good to get you to teach me what's happening in the news. So. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, what's this story? Oh, yeah, I can learn about that in a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I've got uh, some opinions. That's good. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. That's what how, this show's about, eh? Hey? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the point. Mm. It's people who don't necessarily know. Well, it's about bringing the news in a digestible way to the people. Yeah. And, um, and what better way to, to do it than to... To, to have you know. to digest it yourself. Exactly. Correct him one day. Exactly. That's, why I, yeah. that's why I like you, Johnny. We finish each other's sentences. It's very cute. Yeah. It's very cute. Hey, we should How- say as well, mm-hmm. if I can take yes. over hosting for a second, that yeah. uh, you've just been on my podcast last week. Oh, yeah. Putting in Absolutely. work. So if, it, it was. If you're, a, if you're a regular listener of this show, you want to learn a bit more about behind Jack Cruz, what's going on behind his story mm. there, his uh, yes. his backstory, his origin story. You can yep. listen to Putting In Work and find out about how it is what it is came to be and other stories. Absolutely. So go listen to that. Please do. Please do. I enjoyed it. I've had a lot of... Funnily enough, I've had a lot of um, people sort of reach out and people that don't listen to any of my podcast, but like friends and family and stuff being like, you know... Um, Oh man, I listened to that podcast and I listened to your story and I was really like, it was awesome, man. It sounds great and really interesting. I didn't know that about your RRI. Like people that I would never, like, wouldn't, that I can't imagine have ever listened to podcasts before. <laughs> like I saw a mate um, on the weekend that I hadn't seen in, I don't know, nearly seven, seven or eight years ago. We used to be really, really close with. And he's like, oh, you know, I listened to your podcast thing with your friend the other day. I was like, oh, wow, really? He's like, yeah, man, I was just so proud of you, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, oh that's, that's very cool. sweet. So it's had a, it seems like it's, it's had some resonance with people. Um, yeah. That's, which is that's cool. That's nice to hear. Yeah. It's cool, mm. that kind of thing. I oft, like I, I also spoke to someone on the weekend at my church back in Warrnambool where I used to live mm. and don't talk to him really ever. And he's made a few comments about some of the guests I've had and, and that kind of stuff on the podcast. So people like notice what you're doing, even if they don't yeah. listen. And then occasionally you do get someone that says, you know, you're doing good work. And it's someone that's like, so not in our community that you just, Oh, like you didn't realize that you listened like, cause they're, they're not tweeting at you or anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see uh, a bit of resonance on the work we do. And hopefully mm. those people will check out this show as well. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, now, Jono, mm. uh, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode of It Is What It Is, but uh, I introduced a some, somewhat kind of new... Like, we kind of do it anyway, but I kind of wanted to make it more of an, an official sort of thing in the show. It's just what have you consumed in the last week? What's been... What have you digested in sure. the world of media? We're talking about media. so Or I- media experiences, <coughs> whatever. Like, what's, what's been happening in the last yeah. week? Well... I uh, 
I, as I mentioned, I was at home on the weekend and mm-hmm. I used that opportunity to bond with my brother over the latest season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's season Ooh. 13. Uh, okay. It's a show that we both love. So it was great to actually get to binge a bit of that together. No doubt. Yeah. I think that you need to get onto that, Jack. It's 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 not easy to access here. You might have to go some bizarre internet routes to, to track mm. it down. But You know me. I'm not big on the thieving <laughs> thing like Tom. No. <laughs> me neither. But, you know, my brother had done that for me, so I didn't have to worry oh, about okay. it. Oh, okay. And it's yeah, also, right. like, I don't think there's a, a legal... Throw him under the bus then. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there is a legal way to get it in Australia. I and, thought it was it on Foxtel. It might be on Foxtel. I don't I'm know. fairly certain it is. Well, you've I got have Foxtel, Foxtel, so... Yeah, yeah, I could watch it. Exactly. Point, yeah. And uh, aside from that, I just saw Shazam with oh, my yeah. dad. We went to the movies last night. Yeah, right. He bought me a chock top. Oh wow! Was, he loves a choc top at the movies every time. Yeah. Every time. I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever had a choc top at the movies. <laughs> it's always like if you finish it before the movie starts. That's the, yeah, the problem because yeah. you don't want it to I, melt. But yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? I I'm a, I'm pretty standard. I have a frozen raspberry, a, like a small popcorn, and a packet of Maltesers. Mm. That does mm. me. Yeah. Do you pour the Maltesers into the popcorn? I've heard of that. Nah. Move. Yeah, I've seen that. A lot. I've seen. That. I watched. Um, you seen the movie Whiplash? The yep. drum. The drummer yep. movie. Really good movie. Um, yes. I watched that a couple of weeks ago, and um, Miles Teller's dad pours the the chocolate balls into the popcorn. And it's, to me, that just especially when you're in a movie theater, that just seems kind of messy. Like you're gonna be sitting there with melted chocolate on your hands for like two hours, or depending people's, on the movie. People swear by it. It's that combination. Yeah, I mean, of I, I can, sweet like, and, and that's the thing. Like, I imagine it's it's delicious. Like, it yeah. looks awesome. It seems like a great idea, but again, it's kind of just, mm, you're playing with fire there, I think. But like, you know, I'll put a Malteser in my mouth and then like a handful of popcorn okay. and I think that's kind of the same thing. Well, you don't get the melt, you know. Maybe next time we hang out and watch a movie, we can we can give it a whirl. We can whip, whip up some popcorn and, and do it. At least that we can we can have some wipes and stuff. We can control the case. experience, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, exactly, <laughs> it's a exactly. safe environment to experiment. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Anything yeah. else? Anything else to note that uh, you've... Um, how, was Shazam, how was Shazam? Shazam was good. It, it was yeah. refreshing to watch a movie, a superhero movie that wasn't mm. Marvel. As much mm. as we all love Marvel, you, mm. you kind of... like You know what you're going to get by now, I think. Like, you... Mm generally no yeah it's gonna be you know the the three act structure or whatever yeah the, yep. the the origin story sometimes that kind of thing but shazam because it is a property that's not really well known i guess it's um mm. it's dc but it's mm-hmm. it's not the dc that we know it's yeah, yeah like it's almost like they took a marvel movie and put it in the DC. i don't know it, it, it's just very it's got a unique flavor to it and it's okay it's not afraid to like poke fun at itself and the genre and mm-hmm. you know it's it's just a it's a good time. It was a bit darker than I expected. I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. more of a family movie uh-huh. and it was a little bit long, but I had a great time and it got me in the mood for the, the next superhero movie which Wee. we'll be talking about later this week, I'm sure. We will. We certainly will. Well, yeah, that's it. Endgame tomorrow mm. um or today. If depending or yesterday, depending on when you're listening <laughs> to this, I guess. Um, but as of recording this now on Tuesday night, uh, end game for me tomorrow, you on Thursday, and then you you you'll get a spe- that's an, another thing, ladies and gentlemen, something to look forward to. You're going to get a special edition review episode of it is what it is this week coming. Um, mm. We will be reviewing Avengers Endgame here on the show. So myself, Jono, and Thomas Marshall will be. Uh, 
getting around and doing our uh, own little version of MCU and review yeah. with Avengers Endgame. So I'm super pumped for that. Is it going to be a straight review or are we going to try and bring it is what it is news headlines to the to the mix? I'm sure there'll be some kind Say of that like again, sorry. I was just saying is, is there going to be an it is what it is headline flavor brought to the d- discussion like looking at some of the things that have come up since the movie no, released not, not necessarily no i think we're just gonna just just gonna do a, like a semi-review but it almost like we did with captain marvel but actually just make it a full episode okay yeah why not? sounds good why not you know all right just i look forward throw, to it throw caution to the wind yeah. um so that's exciting that's coming up and game i'm very much looking forward mm. to that what um media days- have you digested What's that? Media. Ooh, yeah. So I finished watching um, this new show that's dropped on Netflix called Black Summer. I spoke about it last week on the show. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a zombie apocalypse. Have you seen like trailer or anything for it? Or? No, I haven't actually. It's new but zombie apocalypse. It. Yeah. It's new zombie apocalypse show. Um, watched through that. Binged it in about a week. Eight episodes. Uh, really good. Different. Like nothing. I said last What's week. The nothing. There must no- be something different about it to... It's just the way that it's structured. It's okay. it's very it's it's like a linear story. It's like point A to point B. It's um it was over really quick. So like it's eight episodes, but like every episode is like the first episode's like fifty minutes, second episode's like forty five, and then like the next two episodes are like thirty minutes, and the next one's forty, and then the last two episodes are like twenty minutes each. So hmm. it's, it's kind of just and it kind of just <laughs> yeah, it just kind of just tells its story. Um, and it's very character focused, and there's not a lot of so while it's a zombie apocalypse, it's it's not a, a majority of the show. There is no zombies. It's just kind of the characters moving from mm. like point A to point B and their story shifting along, and you know the your general sort of things that happen in apocalypse. And um, so it was it was cool, you know, people turning on each other and all that kind of stuff. And um, it, it was it was a I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the characters. Um, the last episode for me was probably the biggest letdown of the of the show. Uh, just the way that it ended, I th- felt like they could have gone a different way, which would have been a lot more impactful. But uh, you know, I respect their uh, their vision, um, <laughs> and I I hope that we get more of it. Um, I assume we will, but yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how they sort of go about that. But yeah, I'll um, have to give it a crack. Yeah, you'd be able to knock it over in a night or two easily. Um, okay. I think I finished it. Well, I finished it. I, I started watching it. I watched two episodes, and then the next time I sat down to watch it, I watched the next six. So in a session, so you can knock it. You could knock it off in an evening if you wanted to. Mm. Um, if you sat down at like six p.m., you'd be finished by you know, later on that night. I guess it's <laughs> kind of how the time works, isn't it? Yeah. Um, other things. I, so I, I, I flick, it, I'm one of those terrible human beings, Jono, who decides they're going to sit down and watch a movie or a show or something on Netflix or Stan or whatever, and I spend forty five minutes blading through trying to find something to watch, being indecisive and not watching something. And mm-hmm. by then it's too late to start a movie and you just go straight, just roll over and go to bed. Yeah, that's not nice. Um, so I've been trying to be a bit more decisive lately. Last yeah. night was a complete failure. I, I did, I bladed around for 40 minutes and then just got distracted and went to bed. Um, but uh, the last week I was just flicking around. I was like, no, I just need to find something. And I, I watched The Rock. Do you remember The Rock? Sean Connery and Nick Cage. yeah. Welcome Michael, to The Rock. Michael Bay joint. Um, and I'm and I'm like I remember I'm like I remember really liking this as a kid. It used to get a lot of air, like it used to get played like three yeah. or four times a year back in the day, and um, on like on on network TV, and and it held up really well. Mm. Nicholas Cage, 
I'm like, man, he was he used to be like a really good actor. Like, <laughs> I know he's kind of like a meme these days, but he used to be like quite good. Um, his mannerisms, Sean Connery, what a fantastic actor. Um, Ed Harris, a really good movie. And I was Alcatraz. Yeah, basically Alcatraz, we've, we've been there. Um, good movie. And then yesterday I watched Bad Boys, um, another Michael Bay joint. And uh, it got me thinking. Another movie I really enjoyed. Still holds up really well. I think a great movie. I think Michael Bay is unfairly harshly judged for his Mm. movies. He did did have a style, especially in the late 90s. Mm. That's, the uh, pan, the pan around the yeah. slow motion, the like the real like, it's a, like a very action movie trope heavy yeah. kind of stuff. But as far as action and and comedy and like, yeah, I think that that era where mm. you could just go balls to the wall. It's kind of like the precursors to like the Fast and the Furious movies, mm. really. Yeah, but, but then Transformers happened, and that became mm. what he was known for. It became a bit of a meme. Because yeah. they just made so many of them. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't even really think of... Like, what, what's a movie he's directed that's not a Transformers movie in the last 10 years? Sorry. Oh, in the last 10 years? Yeah. Oh, God, I wouldn't even know in the last 10 years. I watched Armageddon two weeks ago, believe it or not. And that Great. movie... <laughs> it's, that's what I mean. There's, there's some things in there that are a little bit corny. Like, it starts off with a voiceover, for example, which is a really... <laughs> like, that just wouldn't happen these days. Mm. But yeah, that movie's so good. And I forgot how good the cast was. Like, Billy yeah. Bob Thornton. Right. Ben Affleck. Bis- Biscemi, Yeah, like Bruce Willis, obviously. But then I didn't mm. realize Owen Wilson was in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he wasn't Owen Wilson yet, but he's no. there. And yep. uh, the, the the white guy from Remember the Titans, the white mm-hmm. coach, can't remember his name, mm-hmm. Michael Clark Duncan. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great. Cast. I'm gonna I'm gonna read Jono. I'm gonna read out read, some movies. Read to me. And this is the thing. I think this is why I think he gets. I think people see the Transformers. They call the Transformers movies. They got. And I thought the first Transformers movie was really good. It was. I don't really remember any of the other ones. Um. But I I, I feel like he cops a harsh rap. For his movies. So, I'm going to read out some of the movies that Michael Bay has directed. Bad Boys, obviously we spoke about. The Rock, great movie. Armageddon. Pearl Harbor, another really good movie. I, I enjoy Pearl Harbor. That's yep. uh, uh, underrated because it's very yep. much maligned. Yep. Bad Boys 2, I, which I think is one of my like favorite movies. I really love Bad Boys 2. The Island. Do you remember The Island? Ooh, I, McGregor, I remember The Island, yeah. And um, Scarlet. Sh- uh, I think it's Charlize Theron. No, um, it's definitely Scarlet. Johansson. Okay, yeah, maybe no, maybe you're right. Um, like that's a really good movie, really interesting concept. I thought like really good. Transformers, obviously, and then there's like three Transformers, four Transformers movies, five Transformers movies. Um, <laughs> you know, he did that 13 Hours with the guy from um, The Office. Uh, but you know, like I, yeah, like I said, I think he's harshly judged because of the Transformers movies. Mm. Those like pre to that pre like from Transformers back like they're all quality movies as far as I'm concerned. So yeah. I yeah. think people just need to just maybe like go easy a bit. I think it's yeah. like he symbolizes an issue in Hollywood, which is just driving the same, like beating the dead horse with special effects over mm. story and and that kind mm. of thing that people have an issue with i think he yeah, but- kind of represents that so yeah yeah that's not fair. I un- I don't know. yeah i understand it and i think that if you are gonna bag him out you need to just name drop that he did a, a you need to respect the first half of his, of his career you know yeah i think so 
I think so. It's um, like Adam Sandler. He's he's basically the Adam <laughs> Sandler of directing action movies. You know, like but yeah, that's yeah, it's not a bad yeah, that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad way to describe it, Jono. That's not a bad way to describe it. Um, nevertheless, that's that's pretty much me. That's what I've been consuming, what I've consumed this week. I guess. Uh, I suppose we should get into the news. And Jono, yeah. much like last week, uh, it's been another massive week in news, which is mm. great. Because, like I said, oftentimes the news can be... You can have slow weeks and it's hard to sort of fill episodes. But this one, jam-packed. Jam-packed. Now, this week, news kind of sucks, though. (laughs) There's not a lot of good stuff to go through. Yeah, most of it sucks. But anyway, we'll we'll get into it anyway. Uh, The first story of the top, the Mueller report. Finally, Jono, has been released to the public. A redacted version, that is. Uh, The report, titled... Report on the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election has been released to the public for consumption and, I guess, into to the court of public opinion. Uh, John, I'm going to do my darndest to break this down for us. It is a okay. it is a doozy. This is a doozy. Um, so I'm going to try words. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of words. 448 pages broken out into two volumes. Uh, volume one is basically based all around the collusion with Russia. And the second part is around the obstruction of justice. Um, total exoneration, obviously, the president has claimed. However, with the release report, that's clearly not the case. That is almost not the case. Like, they've basically said that you're guilty, we just can't prove it. We just don't have enough. <laughs> that, that, honestly, that's what I took away from it, was that you're guilty of both of these things, we believe. We just don't have enough evidence to prove it. Um, the reason the report is... There's a lot of redacted things in the report is that there's uh, still ongoing investigations, like side investigations going on. Um, a lot of sort of uh, information that hasn't been made, hasn't been um, finalised yet, which mm-hmm. will obviously continue... This This is not over by any stretch of the imagination, I don't believe. Um so, basically, what I can gather as a as a layman to, to that that is you know um, read parts of this report has been following this story for for you know nine on two years. Um, my opinion of it is is that Donald Trump did try to obstruct justice as far as um, the investigation into the collusion with Russia, uh, and the Trump campaign were most certainly aware of Russian interference and they definitely welcomed it. Um, it just goes again back to that point that there is not enough evidence to indict and charge the president. Mm. And it's such a technical, like there's so many things that go into this that is just even above my comprehension level of being able to like some of the things with like, we can't actually, so there's something that, that's said in the report around we, they can't indict the president because it will affect the governance of the country and all these different things. So there's different loopholes in that, but um, it's, it's completely, I find this, I found this completely fascinating and, and I kind of, and I've, and I've been flip-flopping on this because when they released the, um, the summary from attorney general Barr uh, a couple of weeks back, uh, my opinion of it at the time was, well, I guess, yeah, they didn't find anything. Um, There was some stuff around the obstruction. Like as far as I concerned, the collusion stuff was, was you know insignificant to the whole 
the whole report. And it was more around the obstruction and they kind of had some evidence but didn't have enough. And that was kind of more my understanding of it. Now that the reports have been released and we actually have the information, we have the investigation there in black and white on paper, I've sort of like, I've changed, it's changed my opinion of it because it's clearly just, it's, there's just so much, yeah, that goes into it. Um, so Trump has been painting this as a victory. Mm. Um, I, I definitely don't think it is. I, I think it's, so my opinion of the way he's handling this now is that he's hoping that people won't look, the people listening and watching him are not going to look into it further <laughs> because if you don't have to scratch very deep, Jono, to see that there was a lot of shifty stuff going on with this. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. What did you make of, of what you thought of it? <laughs> My understanding of this is is very new, but the mm. the takeaway for me was just his reaction to mm. the the investigation was was probably mm. the most telling, where he mm. kind of freaked out mm. once it was you know put to him that this was going to take place, that he was going to be analysed and and his behaviours would be uh, judged, I guess, mm. and that to me was yeah the most interesting thing because that's like the personality of Trump and and mm. like showing you. He was really concerned. Like he thought that that was over for him. That yeah, he was done for. So that's a almost an admission of guilt to me. Mm. But mm. like you said, it's uh, he he looks like he got away with it. Yeah, and this is kind of the the interest. Uh, one of the most fascinating things about this is is that basically what happened when. Um, like I said, there's two parts to this investigation. There was the obstruction part and the collusion part. I'll get to the collusion part in a bit. But basically, with the obstruction part, he did try to obstruct this investigation. He tried very, very hard to obstruct this investigation. And there were several times along the way where his advisors, his staff, the people that worked for him in the campaign, in the White House, where he gave them directives to curtail this investigation, straight up refused to to do what he asked. Um, so it, the, uh, his appointed attorney general, Jeff Sessions, basically re- uh, removed himself from the investigation and sort of said, I can't be impartial to this. I can't be involved in this. And Trump, you know, tried to get rid of him. Trump, Trump, you know, basically just chastised him for being weak. And he, he, he said, quote, you're here to, pro- you're supposed to protect me. Like that's what, that's what yeah. I hide. That's why I gave you this job. You're supposed to protect me, which is not what the attorney general is there to do. Um, he, the, the most fascinating one was he told uh, his white house counsel, Don McGann to basically remove, um, uh, he well, he told the attack, uh, the acting attorney general at the time to remove Rob Mueller from the investigation as a special key. He basically told him to fire him, and McGann refused, straight up refused. He said, "I'm gonna um, retire." He basically said he'll resign instead. He went in the next day, tried to resign um, his uh, so Priebus and I. Th- who else was it? Steve Bannon um, basically talked him out of resigning and said, just don't do it. Don't, you know, don't resign yet. Um, but he basically refused and, and ignored Trump's directive to remove Jeff, uh, to remove Rob Mueller as a special counsel. And as a result of that, he didn't obstruct the investigation. So there's so many things along the way where Trump's advisors, because of how ridiculous some of his requests were, um, they just straight up, ignored what he was telling them to do because of the legality of it. And that's what in the end has saved him. And that was part of the, um, the, 
you know, the end, like the, the summary where they said that they, so, um, basically said that they're not exonerating him, that, yep. that this isn't, this isn't that he, he may have tried to obstruct justice, but there's not enough evidence there to, and not enough prob, uh, with a, beyond reasonable doubt, basically to indict him on, on those charges. Mm. Um, which I find is completely fascinating. The fact that he tried his stuff disobeyed him and that's what saved him because he wasn't able to obstruct <laughs> the investigation which is completely um, bizarre yeah. there's a lot more with the obstruction stuff that will come out as well they still haven't finished the investigation into his tax returns and this financial stuff and the stuff with um, Stormy Daniels and Cohen and his lawyer and all this other stuff that's going on in the background but as far as the obstruction with the um, investigation it seems he was saved by people not doing what what he asked them to do, which is, um, <laughs> hilarious, yeah. I, I find, um, to be, uh, you know, hilarious in a way. Uh, and like you said, the, um, uh, the, the reaction where, when they announced Muller, um, he, he basically came out and said that he said he's fucked. He's uh, trying to find the exact quote here. Um, he, here he goes. So once Robert Muller was announced as the special counsel, he said, oh my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. He was so... <laughs> so presidential. <laughs> he was so just, you know, petrified that this guy was the guy who was um, going to be investigating him that he, you know, basically said he's fucked. Um, so around the collusion, and this is the, the, the you know, the, the even more interesting thing is that Russia... Of, like we all know Russia did interfere with the election in some way, shape or form. How much effect that had on the election, there's, I don't think there's any real way to measure that. Um, but they definitely tried to influence it. And they and the Trump campaign were most certainly aware of this happening. And they welcomed it. And they there were times where they shied away from it. But there were certainly times where they they were absolutely open to the help. Um, but what it's so hard. So collusion isn't a thing in, in, in a league. So the way it's been explained to me is collusion isn't a thing in a legal sense. You can't charge someone with collusion. It doesn't exist. So what they had to, ch- to search for was conspiracy, conspiracy to um, meddle with an election with a foreign power was basically what they were looking for. And while Russia meddled with the election and the Trump campaign were aware of it. They, it's it was impo- it was almost impossible to prove based on the evidence that they had that they worked in cohesion with Russia for this. They knew they were doing it, and they didn't stop and say, you know, they didn't go to the FBI or any of these places and say, you know, oh, look, Russia's come to us with this, and they want to do this, that, and the other. They kind of just let it happen, but they didn't, you know. Um, coerce with russia so this mm. is the the summary um from the report around uh the the collusion part i guess uh, so in the report it says in some the investigation established multiple links between trump campaign officials and individuals tied to the russian government those links included russian offers of assistance to the campaign in some instances the campaign was receptive to the offer while in other instances the campaign officials shied away Ultimately, the investigation did not establish that the campaign coordinated or conspired with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Um, so, yeah, crazy. Absolutely <laughs> crazy. Um, 
this is this is not over by a, a long shot. Mm, okay. uh, unfortunately, so, yeah, um, there must ma- be some step two where this has an impact on on you know yes. whether it, whether it's the next election or what. It's not the story is not over. I, I don't think it's going to affect the next election. I think it's too that's too close. Like we're too close to that. What it's going to affect is the um, I guess the, what happens after that. Um, so Mueller will most certainly be called to testify to Congress, as will William Barr. Um, again, there's so much in the report that was redacted that uh, for ongoing investigation, the things that haven't quite been wrapped up yet that could change the way that this goes. So uh, again, this will this will continue to play out. It's, I find it you know really fascinating. It's a very complicated issue, and I hope I hope that I've explained it in a way that's <laughs> somewhat easy to understand because I still don't completely understand the whole thing. Again, yeah. there's 448 pages of this report that was released. So, um, yeah. It can yeah. be hard to, to comprehend, as especially as an Australian, I think, who's not hearing the discussions about it maybe every day, like you would mm. be if you were over there and mm. with a particular interest in it. Mm. But to, to give it a little bit of Australian flavor, I don't know if you saw this story, but apparently... Uh, our old friend and former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd was speaking. He lives in New York now. He was talking at a at a conference or some kind of event mm. that he was part of. And, and he said if, if he, as the Prime Minister, did 10% of what Trump was mm. alleged to have done in the report, he'd be out of office. <laughs> and yeah. he, he called it spectacular, the uh, attempted obstruction yeah. of justice. Yeah. So, and, and this is the other thing that's kind of... that, And I don't, you know, I don't claim to be illegally minded person or have a, a de- no, deep knowledge of the legal system especially in the united states but um this is that's so bizarre like there's so much stuff in there where they're like we know that they did this we know they were aware of that they let this happen they welcomed this he tried to do this he tried to do that he fired james comey he did this he did that like i'm like there's so much there but they just need so much more to prove him guilty mm. Which is so bizarre to me. Like, I'm like, surely there's some kind of penalty for being aware that Russia was meddling with the election and not saying something. Like, surely there's a penalty to trying to have these people... Like, even though he didn't obstruct the investigation, he attempted to. Like, you know, there's there's charges for attempted murder, but no attempt of obstruction. Like, it's, <laughs> I find it so bizarre. So, um, listeners, I hope that this has been uh, somewhat... Uh, informational um <laughs> or has shed some light on the uh on the subject for you around the muller investigation um we'll continue we, on and we'll continue we reeled to them it. in with with some michael bay talk and then we yeah hit and some, we hit him with some, the hard some... politics <laughs> uh all right Jonah, let's move on to our next story yeah. uh and this is a continuing on from a story from last week around which uh, kicked off the show around the fire that uh, partially destroyed the notre dame cathedral in france every time mm. i go to read it i nearly say notre dame um <laughs> the, but, the college yeah the college but it's not notre dame obviously um the cathedral um i did mention at the time that uh, two of france's wealthiest people had donated something like 300 million euros to rebuild the structure uh world leaders you know, people around, you know, leaders around the world were endorsing um, their, you know, people and countries and other leaders to donate to the rebuild effort. Uh, I know our prime minister did, our opposition leader, Bill Shorten did, Donald Trump did. Um, you know, I think mm. under in a week, they've raised over a billion dollars to the cause of re- restoring the cathedral. Um, 
And Jono by Jingo by Crikey were people upset about this. <laughs> Bloody flip flopping Phil Florin Phil. This is this now. This is a story. This is a thing that annoyed me very much, Jono. So people were upset, and I, I get it. But pe- but we can't just let a thing be a thing. Is that people were getting upset? That they all these people were donating to this cause is like, well, why aren't we donating to this and why aren't we donating to that? Did, did you see this rhetoric around? Yeah, around I mean, the philanth- <laughs> the issue of philanthropy and why why mm-hmm. you know yeah. all these billionaires are donating to you know to re- rebuild this building, but not why aren't they donating this to the homeless and why aren't they donating this? And I'm like, I'm just oh god, can't people just do a nice thing without being? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you can play that game all day long. Like, exactly. Any any cause you can think of that like. You know, animal protection. Oh, why aren't you saving children? Oh, I donated money to kids in Africa. Why aren't you saving kids in your own backyard? Like, mm. they're more important or vice versa. Mm. Save the kids in Africa. Mm. They're starving, you know. So, it's it's just people. It's just the outrage culture. People who say there's no such thing as outrage culture. It. <laughs> this is it. Like, yeah. this is this is it. Like, you'll always find something to complain about. And it's, mm. and it's not as if uh, these millionaires or billionaires whatever they are bounded together and said come on everybody let's all dedicate our resource to this one thing you've got people making a decision i assume about their own finances Mm. and they're free to donate that to whatever cause they see as worthy yes and it's not like they have told people to redirect funds from other worthy causes towards this rebuild and Mm. that's yeah i think people need to to chill on this one yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. I, I just, I found it to be, I just, it's like one of those things, like, why can't we just let a good thing be a good thing without turning it into something, like a, an argument about something? Mm. And I feel like that's just where we're at as a world these days, is we can't just be like, someone tried to do the right thing. Oh, well, it's just not good enough. Like, people are just never happy. Oh, why didn't they do it like this? Why didn't they do it like that? It's like, fuck, just let them do the thing that they're trying to do it goes right down to like small small government like local government and and state government people will put a statue up in the you know in the cbd and then people will say why didn't that money get spent on fixing the footpath outside my house and like you know valid point maybe Mm. but that's where that particular money was dedicated and you know the next lot of money will go to something else and that's just the way things work and if you don't like it then it's a bit different because that's government money Mm. it's different from individuals Mm. doing that and like maybe that if anything that i have a problem with from this story is government officials endorsing donations from civilians Mm. you know bushfires to tsunamis you know like that's when i think you should probably bound together and say People Donate, all over yeah. the world, let's raise some money and, and support these people who mm. are literally hanging on by the skin of their teeth and mm. their whole lives have been washed away. But mm. um, it's it's a bit different. Yeah. 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 John, I'm going to read something that I read on okay. the 18th of April around 8 a.m. Sure. in the morning. Um, it was a post on Facebook. And, uh, from a friend of yours? Or from a from... friend. Yeah. A friend of mine made this post. And it very much resonated with me. Okay. And the post was made by a man by the name of Matthew Perkins. People, uh, Perko, former, per- former guest, two-time yeah. two, two, two guest on this show. People may be aware of this man if you've been listening to the show for a while. Matty Perko Perkins from the uh, the Ultra Super Mega. 
He's got gastro. He does. I saw that post. <laughs> this is not better. that post. <laughs> this is not that post. He did post about his gastro as well, but this is not that post. Uh, and this is around this 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 issue, and it very much and it very much resonated with me. And and I'm going to read the thing entirely, and I'm going to go back and tell you what which part resonated with me. Uh, and he said, "Quote." I understand why people are mad that billionaires are pledging hundreds of millions of dollars to fix a building, when other much more important issues go ignored. Homelessness, poverty, mental health, abuse, etc. I can also understand why people are mad that the Catholic Church isn't putting money in, considering it is one of the richest companies on the planet and runs one of the most profitable child exploitation rings the world has ever seen. In, in, in brackets, he's put kidding, but only sort of. Uh, <laughs> And he goes on to say, however, I have two points. One, it is much easier to fix a building. You just rebuild it. Throwing money at societal issues with no real direction or a way to fix the issue at hand will not go a long way. Not to mention it is much easier to see the end result of a fixed building. The building is fixed. How do you quantify how much you fixed society? Two, after living on this earth for for, on this earth for 32 years it turns out i like buildings better than people anyway i don't agree or disagree with the money being spent on the building i am indifferent to it i do think it could be better spent elsewhere do i or do i think it could be better spent elsewhere of course but if it was my money can i sit here on my high horse and say that i would be throwing hundreds of millions at a society that doesn't seem to want to fix itself not sure to be honest plus i don't have millions um very comical uh, a very uh, thought out post, I thought, and that I very much enjoyed reading. But the point, the part that resonated with me most was around the, um, it is easier to fix a building um, than, or, than throwing money at societal issues. And I guess that's a very, you know, um, simplistic way to put it. But what it did resonate with me is this is 100% right, is that people are like, oh, these billionaires are not, you know, it's like, well, what do you, like, what do you want to do? Like, do you, you just like, there's a hundred million dollars, go and fix the homeless. Like, that's not going to, like, what's the plan there? What's the plan? Give all the poor people a bag, a big bag of money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, where, where is the like? You know, you donate, and there's yeah, there's organisations out there that they could donate to. But what's a a homeless or you know, assistance organisation going to do with a hundred million dollars? They're not going to know what to do with it, and it's most certainly not going to lead to fixing the problem. It probably create more problems because what are they going to do with a hundred million dollars? Um, mm. So that that kind of resonated with me a bit. Is that yeah, it is easier to do. The reason that they've done that and they're not throwing money at this is because yeah, it's easier to fix a building with that kind of money. Um, and maybe this, you know, maybe I'm being cynical about this, and maybe I'm, I'm thinking small picture. But I just I don't know this this whole mm. this thing annoyed the shit out of me, Jono, when this all came up. Yeah, I mean, to to the first point, I think giving a big bag of money to an organization would certainly have some benefits. They would presumably be able to hire more people to do the work, the good work that a lot of them are doing. Ooh. And that is really where change happens is when people are put in a place to, to, you know, initiate that change and to train up other people to, it's just a flow on effect. And yeah when these organizations are able to make a change that leads to a grassroots uh, flow on effect, that's again where we start to see things develop over time. And that's, Ooh. I think, what you would be doing. Like mental health is, uh, especially where I live, is underrepresented as far as the professionals that are able to work in that space. There's a shortage of them. And I think that, you know, being able to hire more people to, for example have mental health specialists working with every paramedic and with every emergency department that would mm. certainly reduce the the pressure on on clinical people to um to have to deal with 
mental health as well as physical trauma like they do that's mm. kind of two very different areas but mm. that's going into a different topic altogether and mm. perhaps i'm bringing in some of my mm. uh, my professional uh th- thoughts yeah yeah <laughs> into that but- topic but you know that that's just an example that came to mind as mm. you know what would all that money be spent on that's probably where yeah. i would put it yeah. in you know there's there's so many causes that are worthy of yeah such uh, funds but as a larger point like you're throwing money at something yeah it's not like an immediate it's not an immediate fix certainly yeah. it's it's something that takes time over it, it takes place over a long period of time and if people are wanting to see uh, instant results yeah fixing a building is going to be a lot more satisfying than hmm. the 20 year you know process of <laughs> of revamping mm. the mental health or aged care systems that we yep. have in Victoria. Exactly. And I want to be clear, I'm not saying that, I, like, obviously I, it would be great if we could all donate to a lot of these causes and if philanthropists were more giving and billionaires were more giving with their money to causes. And I'm all for that. I'm all for people wanting these philanthropists and these billionaires to give support where support is needed at societal issues. What I don't like is them, you know, one at the expense of the other. Like, I think these people did a great thing by donating Mm. large sums of their fortune to restore a very historic building that a lot of people love. There's nothing wrong with that. You can't tell people how to spend their money. Exactly right. That's their money. They earned it. They can do what they want with it. There's nothing wrong with what they did. And that's my problem is that they did a good thing and people are getting angry about it. I understand that people want them want these guys to donate their money to other causes, and that's absolutely fine. I'm down with that, but not at the expense of it. If they just choose to do something good with their money, let them do that good thing as well. Then afterwards, mm-hmm. talk to them about maybe, you know, have a constructive conversation with them about, hey, you know, that's great, but how about we talk about this issue and this, that, you know, do it in a constructive way rather than getting the pitchforks and torches out, I guess is what I'm saying. And I'm totally. Not, I'm, I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to belittle any causes or anything like that. Um, I just this just annoyed me. Um, one at the expense of the other shouldn't be a, a thing. Um, Very good. Uh, Jono, Sri Lanka. It's a country. Yeah, it's. I mean, everyone knows this. I guess everyone's heard this story. Um, what are we? I mean, what 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 do we even say here? These bomb bombings. Easter Sunday it's in Sri Lanka. Um, sorry. I said it's messed up. Yeah. There are over it's, 300 dead, hmm. 500 wounded, um, bombs set off on Easter Sunday in three hotels, four churches, um, specifically targeting Christians on, you know, one of the holiest days in the Christian the calendar. The holiest day. The holiest yeah. day in the Christian calendar. Um, you know, oh, it's just terrible. I, I don't even know what to talk... How do we even talk about this? Um, you know, this is just horrible hmm. it's just a horrible thing to happen and it's ha- it happens you know we saw a few weeks ago happen similar thing happened on, you know in Christchurch where you know 50 people were killed um, mm-hmm. by a gunman and um, and yeah like you know, a religiously motivated terror attack this was a terror attack you know obviously it killed people yeah. you know it was a politically motivated or you know politically or religiously motivated attack on people in a place that they were praying for all intents and purposes a holy place holy places and obviously hotels where you're meant to feel safe um we don't know who's no one's taking credit for this no, have they? no one's taking credit but however they they do believe it is um a radical islamist group by the name of 
Thawith Jamath, and I'm I, I, no doubt in right. my mind that I've absolutely butchered that, <laughs> but um, that's that's the um, that's the name. Uh, they apparently had help from international militants. Um, they haven't yet claimed responsibility, but there was intelligence um, mm. f- earlier in in. Uh, in the piece, I believe, like a couple of weeks earlier, that these this group was planning an attack in Sri Lanka, um, and there could have been a possible threat to churches, which uh, the Sri Lanka's security agencies didn't act on aggressively enough, um, and and as such, as you know, gone towards this being able to be perpetrated against against the people of Sri Lanka, and um, okay. you know, it's yeah, horrible. I mean, horrible it. Thing. <laughs> It does remind me of a conversation we had on the last episode. We were talking about the mm. Borderlands 3 cover mm-hmm. art mm. and about how, you know, as much as we are outraged at any offense directed towards uh, Eastern or, you know, foreign foreign uh, religions because mm. we want to protect those minorities, mm. it, it really does seem like Christians are fair game as far as satire goes and... Uh, I, I mentioned that you know the amount of persecution that happens overseas to Christians, and that those people may feel a, a bit more strongly about their um, you know religious iconography being parodied or whatever it is. Mm. Uh, and you know this is an example of that persecution again. And I think I, I found in reading about this that there was some research showing that Christians are now the most targeted body of believers in. 144 countries, um, which especially across from Africa through to Pakistan, where, you know, Christians just can't worship freely without intimidation. And that doesn't even include the laws about conversion and, you know, Christians being allowed to marry or getting discriminated against when they go for jobs, which can you imagine someone saying that they're not hiring you because you're a Muslim in Australia? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it does happen, but mm. it certainly wouldn't be allowed in any way if it was known about. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's um, it's it's a tragedy, and it it does kind of shine a light on some of those points that we were making. That you know, our perspective of how things are for us is it's very easy to to think that that's how it is everywhere, but it's, sadly, it's not the case and. I think that we're very, uh, you know, there's a lot of liberty in in our parts of the world, in the Western world, as far as the freedom to to worship and freedom to, you know, have whatever religion you want without persecution as far as the governments go and as far as most of society, there's always going to be people who are racist or belligerent in their own beliefs, but yeah, it's it's uh, a shame that and, and you know I don't, I don't know a lot about Sri Lankan government. I'm not saying that they condone this at all. Of course, they would be um, horrified as as much as we are. But mm. it, it it does show that these um, things can happen in a lot of parts of the world where you just couldn't imagine it happening here. Really, yeah, it's a yeah. I mean, it's it is a horrible one, and um, I don't really know what to make of the whole the it's hard for me to know like i'm not in that position where i you know where i've been persecuted for my religious beliefs or anything like that so to to see this happen to christians and and for the outcry to be different here it's been it's been different viewing it like it hasn't been viewed as a 
you know, it's been viewed as a terrorist attack and people died, but no one's talked about it from a Christian point of view and that this was a, you know, a, an attack on Christians, um, mm. which I've, I've, I've found sort of an interesting sort of perspective on it. Um, it's just, you know, that kind of, that seems like that fact has been brushed over quite a bit where the, um, the, you know, with the Christ as perspective, you know, in contrast, the Christchurch attack, you know, there was, it was very clear about what that was about. It was about an attack on Muslims. It was a mm. racially, you know, um, yeah. motivated attack. So I found- it was like that response of like solidarity and like, you know, mm. the, the wearing the, the head coverings and yeah. stuff to, to, to say that, you know, you're all right. Yeah. Um, which, you know, which is, Absol- which was absolutely beautiful, obviously. Like, you know, everything that the response to the Christchurch attacks was, um, you know, amazing, you know, just show of humanity of, of the good that we can do, the, how we responded as a society to that. So this has been an interesting one where it hasn't really been um, viewed that way. And I, and I was having a think about this today and how, and like why that might be. And, and I still keep coming back to that. What we spoke about when we spoke about the Borderlands cover is that it could be... It, it might be that Christians, you know, and Christianity and, and that, you know, that, I guess, Western faith, you know, has held dominance for millennia and and maybe we just don't sympathize with them anymore with, mm. you know, that with Christianity and, and that sort of faith anymore because of the run that they've had, you know, and we think about, you know, the things that they've done in their history, you know, the Catholic church and, and Christians as well, you know, think about the crusades and all these, all these things that, you know, from, from hundreds of years ago. And, um, it's, it's kind of like that whole thing where it's like, they've, you know, where it's like, there's no, like, no, should there be like white males shouldn't get sympathy. <laughs> like we just shouldn't <laughs> been, at the, been at the top for, you know, you know, you know, if someone makes a joke about being white or being a white male, it's like, you have no like a white male has no right to get offended or upset with something like that. It's like sh- shut the fuck up if you're getting upset about like it's like um ma- men's rights activists. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Um, I'm going off on a tangent now, but uh, it could be. I feel like it's a similar kind of vein. Not that people are being like, oh, Christians are dying. Shut the fuck up. Don't even you know. You you shouldn't be upset. Obviously, they, you know that's not what I'm saying, and I don't think people are saying that. What I'm what I'm seeing is, is probably people aren't probably feeling it. People are obviously, I think people are definitely upset about the loss of life as you yeah. should be. And I look, I was, you know, it's heartbreaking. You're seeing this stuff. I, you know, my neighbor, my next door neighbor is Sri Lankan. I have, you know, really close friends who are Sri Lankan. You know, it's, it's a horrible thing that's, yeah. that's happened. Um, a few Aussies over there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's the most terrible thing that's happening, but I think that the, from the perspective of it being about Christians, there's there doesn't seem to be that sympathy there, and I wonder if it's because of the positions of power that Christians of Christianity and, and Catholicism, these types of religions, have had for millenniums, that people aren't sympathising from that point of view. We're sympathising with the loss of life, and that's terrible, but not from that religious point of view. Whereas we have from and was the you know with the Christchurch things? It's, I just I just find this a very interesting sort of thing to look at from a few different sides, um, and that's kind of where I'm probably thinking it is. And and I'm even personally like I didn't see this as like a, you know, I saw this as a terrible loss of life. I didn't straight away think about it as like a, um, uh, you know, from a from the Christian point of view. So mm. I'm in the same boat. I saw it as a as a horrible thing that was perpetrated against innocent people who were just 
trying to live their life and do something that they believed yeah. in. Um, and I didn't think about it from a religious point of view from that Christian point side. So I find it very interesting. Yeah. I mean, the pendulum swings. So it'll be interesting to see how it swings in this context and, and whether people will start to recognize that, uh, you know, Christians are people too. <laughs> They're a religion that's being persecuted too. There's mm. there's uh, holes people are finding in the ground full of dead genocided christians and like that's not on like we have to have to find the people that are responsible for these things and and stop them you know yeah yeah no i think that's yeah well absolutely you know that's that's absolutely right anyone who does anything like that to any religion should be stopped Mm. um yeah so yeah just another another horrible thing that you know seems to happen to talk about yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's stuff like this um, no shit. The episodes do, like, and I'm mean, very candid right now. It's episodes like this week that make me not want to do this show anymore. Like mm. dead set. Like, and we're going to talk about another fucking shit story next, and <laughs> and it's dead set. Like, you know, the, the Muller stuff, not so much because I'm like, yeah, it's fascinating or whatever. Like, you know, yeah, that's kind of cool. And the Not a Dame stuff, like, it's more just like oh, people are whinges or whatever. And But like the, the, this Sri Lanka story and the next story that we're going to talk about, they literally are like, oh, I'm right reading about this stuff. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to talk about this. This is just horrible stuff to even think about. Um, anyway, um, more <laughs> shit news. Yeah, we go. <laughs> Boss... Ristevsky, uh, yes. man who murdered his wife Karen, disposed of her body, has been jailed uh, for nine years with a minimum of six mm. for killing his wife. Killing, yes. Uh, apparently, wasn't murder. So, so what he's <laughs> that's the distinction there. Manslaughter. He's been found guilty of yeah. manslaughter. Pleaded guilty with manslaughter. Gave no details as to the the like the act of killing his wife. Um, killed her disposed of her body um lied about it for for two years um and basically because of semantics jono this man Mm. who killed his wife he killed his wife could be out of jail in 2023 in four because of time already served in four years he could be out of jail with time served four years this yeah, man uh, killed his wife. Beggar's belief. What the actual fuck? I often make a joke, Jono, but people, like, someone will say, like, oh, how long have you guys been together? And someone will be like, oh, you know, oh, we've been together for for, seven, for eight years. Like, oh, <laughs> some people don't get that for murder. Like, I've made that joke before. <laughs> I can't make that joke anymore because literally some people don't get that for murder. This- well, you can make that joke. Well, yeah, I mean- <laughs> Well, I don't know, Might if, I be a bad taste, know but... if I should be joking about it anymore, I guess is what I'm saying. But yeah, this sure. is just, our legal system is an absolute joke that this could happen. That this could, ha- that this is a result mm. for someone who killed his wife and disposed of her body. And he could be out of jail in four years. Nine years with a minimum of six. And he won't go to a maximum security. I wouldn't have thought. He's a businessman. He'll go to... He should yeah. go to a maximum security prison, but he'll probably go to the farm or somewhere. He's not doing hard time. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, looking at 
the case. It was a guilty plea. It was manslaughter, not murder. It was apparently an isolated instance of family violence, and he apparently is no risk of reoffending. So, I don't know whether it's just the simple mathematical equation that landed with nine years. Exactly, and it's one sem- year already. This served, is what but- I mean. It's semantics. It's legal mm. mumbo jumbo and bullshit. That, and this yeah. is what I mean is, is that he. This is the technically right decision. Mm. based on yeah like on okay so that carry the one here that carries this amount of sentence and because yeah. he did this it reduces it to this and blah, 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 and this technicality technicalities has meant this man could be free within six in six years for killing his wife yeah the fuck yeah, is that it, it How doesn't is that seem in- like justice does it no absolutely not our legal system has failed this woman and her family mm. this is ridiculous what precedence does this set yeah, it's a it's a tricky one because even reading the comments from the judge, Judge uh, Judge Beale, it, it sounded like he wasn't happy with it either. Like it, it sounded like this is what he was doing because it was the right way that he's been, you know, ruled to to make these judgments. Not that he had the discretion to tack on a few years because of of circumstances. So mm. yeah, I, I wish I knew better how the legal system worked, but. It seems like there's not that discretion, uh, as opposed to, I, I guess, some other types of, of um, magistrates, courts, or whatever it might be, where they, they can kind of impose a, a sentence that's deserving. But even in, in those cases, I still feel like the uh, sentencing is too lenient. I don't think I've ever heard someone say that it's not. I just don't understand the way that these things work. And I really wish that they would be more open about it. I, I like remember when I was a journalist, I used to cover court reporting and I wondered these things and I thought that it would be really interesting to sit down with a magistrate and kind of talk about the way that they approach cases, the reasons for their sentencing being lighter than what the community seemed to, to want, especially when they talk in their sentencing about reflecting community standards. So it wasn't like I wanted to talk to them to, to get them. I wanted to understand it. And I think the people in the community would want to understand it, but there doesn't seem to be that openness or that, you know, that sense of wanting people to get the inside scoop on it. So yeah, I, I think it needs to change. I don't know if this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back because it oh, just seems like every few months we get a story like this where people are outraged about a sentence. Mm. Oh, it's, you know, it's horrible. And think about, like, think about Jill Ma, murdered by a man who was released, a re-offender. Sarah Kafferke, yeah. murdered by a man who was released, who was a re- who re-offended. Like, these, this happens so often. These people who are killed, innocent women, you know, are murdered in our state. Not even, not just our country, our state. A place that I call the best place on earth. And this continues to happen. I'm not going to be able to say that for much longer, John, if this shit keeps mm. happening. I really won't. Um, I don't even... Yeah, it's just shit. It's just shit. Like, fuck. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder what's going to happen when he gets out. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, it's we Our legal system needs an absolute overhaul. Uh, I It will be something that I, in our next... Um, state election i will be looking for who's going to be dealing with that and that will be very something i'll be very much um uh sway which will be very much swaying my mm. vote uh johnny yeah let's uh let's wrap up this episode with some rapid fire rapid fire news 
rapid fire. Uh, it was announced this week that the Netflix series based on The Witcher book and video game franchise will air in late 2019, uh, as opposed to the uh, earlier, I believe, 2020 release. Good news. Yay, finally something good to yeah. Woo! <laughs> uh, it's, it's... I wanted to see more photos. I don't like that first photo of Henry Cavill. The second one we got was really good. That I don't think there is a second one. There was I think a that second was a Photoshop. No, yeah, I think, I think that was it was Photoshop. No, I think it was a good one. I think it was a second. There's a photo getting around that is absolutely 100 percent from one of his movies that came out like five years ago, mm-hmm. and they've just put a beard on him or something. Like it's, it's not legit. So I swear, check, there was your, check one. your sources. Check your sources. I swear, I saw an image that was like, oh, this is the follow-up image. Yeah, no, uh, this is. Yeah, it's him in a suit. Yeah, confirmed. That it's not from another movie? I'm... I'm. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. But has he been a knight in a movie before? Yeah. Something like that. Oh, maybe it is fake. I don't know. Yeah. Fake uh, news, man. You're spreading it. Oh, no. I got conned. Maybe it was the Russians. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to see more. I want to see, you know, a teaser, just like a 10-second action scene. I don't know. I just... I'm sure it's... <laughs> I mean, I can't say I'm sure it's going to be good, but it is a Netflix original. It's an amazing IP in The Witcher. Henry Cavill's a good it's actor. Just that, yeah, he's fine. He's he's got that that Ben Affleck jaw. Yeah, you know that dimple. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's very striking, and I think I mean I don't know like as video game like fans of the video game, are we going to like it more or less than the oh, average person? It's going to be probably less. interesting to see how <laughs> much it lines up or clashes with the Geralt that we know and love or... Gen- Geralt. Um, Sorry, it's been a while. The Geralt. It. I said Geralt. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, you know what I, I... You know what... Jerry. You know what I hope's not going to happen but will most definitely happen is the, the, the wave of whiny... Oh, whinge yeah, boys when this comes out no doubt will um will uh will, i hope that it's good uh and if it's not fine i'll move on to the next millionth netflix series remember when netflix series mm. just on as, as a side tangent remember when netflix series is used to be like a it was it was literally just a um uh you know there was like four or five and they yeah. were like top notch now there's so fucking many there's like i'm like i've never even heard of this how do I there's kn- so many that they're not even all English. Yeah. Like there's French Netflix and they're, and they're like, there's, there's so many. I'm like, at some point, ooh, I'm like, ooh. I, like, I was blading through the other day and I'm like, Netflix original, Netflix. Like, the amount of Netflix original series is on there. I'm like, fucking hell. Like, these all can't be good. Like, these, mm. mo- a lot of these would ha- must be bad. Like, I'm just thinking the sheer volume of them. And I'm like, at which point are you going to oversaturate this platform and it's going to be not, not good at all? Um I hope we get Disney Plus here. I really do. I'm, I want that. I don't want them to just put it all on stand. I want <laughs> Disney Plus. Um, yeah. Next story in rapid fire. Jono, a man not many had heard of before this week, uh, a man by the name of Eric Butts, posted a video to his YouTube channel. The video contained Butts' reaction to the reveal trailer of The Rise of Skywalker. That was innocent enough. Good little video. He gets excited. He gets happy. He cries. Great stuff, right? Good stuff. Happy. Everyone happy? Mm-hmm. Wrong, Jono! Ashley St. Clair 
on Twitter, tweeted the video and had this response. She said, quote, Star Wars and superhero movie obsession culture has revealed a whole new population of undateable men. Might be worse than men who wear cargo shorts. And Jono, the internet was having none of that. They came out in droves to support Butts, urging him to repost the video after he'd taken it down, showing him all kinds of love from all ends of the spectrum. Uh, but probably one uh, other caught, one caught the eye more than any others and would have been very exciting for him. A tweet which read, Why would anyone ridicule someone so passionate and clearly enjoying what he's seeing is beyond me? Hashtag UPFs are the best fans with a thumb up. And that was tweeted by at Hamill himself, which we don't know who that is. It's Mark Hamill, the uh, the man who is Luke the goat. Skywalker, the goat. Um, so this was this 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 I I thought well, it was good and bad. This was obviously it was good. It was bad than good than bad. Uh, bad, obviously, the initial tweet by this Ashley St. Clair thing. Hmm. She just a mean spirited, nasty thing. A man who just was just being like, I love this. It was a reaction video to a trailer. Um, he got super excited. He just showed so much joy and passion. It's great. And she has this dig at him about being undateable and comparing him to men who wear cargo shorts. Um, What's wrong with cargo shorts? Come on. I don't know. I mean, what? Yeah, like who wears cargo? I mean, so many pockets. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when you need those pockets. When you need like seven extra pockets. Um, so a really nasty, mean-spirited yeah. tweet. Um, and the good then was the absolute wave of support that this man received. Like the mm. absolute love from you know. You know, internet famous people to legitimate famous people to just every men and women just tweeting at this guy being like, you are awesome. You are great. Put your video back up. You're a legend. Just supporting him, supporting him. Uh, and then again, the yeah. bad side of it was the um, uh, the droves and droves of people threatening this Ashley St. Clair. <laughs> And uh, that's the pendulum. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, all right, everyone's help, everyone's helping. This is good. And I looked at her Twitter feed, and she was retweeting everyone who's like, you know, I hope Ashley St. Clair gets hit by a bus. And I, I'm like, oh no, guys, you're not helping. Don't do that. You, you're absolutely like confirming what she's saying. Like you, you are, yeah. you're, you're not helping <laughs> the situation. Stop. Don't do that. That's dumb. You're being dumb. Don't. Um, which I found to be, you know, not great. So yeah. There's, there's a few interesting things about this to me. And the first one is like, if you're going to make fun of something, Star Wars is pretty popular. Mm. Like you might as well be making fun of someone getting excited about the Avengers. Like, come yep. on. That's maybe she may, should have picked maybe an easier target, like anime fans or something. I don't yeah, know. maybe. <laughs> or I don't know, people freaking out about Dora the Explorer. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. Secondly, um, like undateable she sounds undateable to me yeah. the way that she's talking like <laughs> to the majority of people anyone that's that pretentious that they could ridicule someone just for for being passionate about their hobby mm -hmm. uh on a public platform like yeah i mean maybe she was being flippant maybe she was just trying to have a laugh but it seemed it seemed more she, than that. It seemed yeah, she, sinister. She doubled. It was sinister. That's yeah. That's a great mm. way to describe it. And she doubled down on it as well. Like it wasn't like she's like, hey guys, this was just a joke. Like you know, she's like, oh, so you're proving my point. You cargo yeah. short wearing things, and and then uh, and I then of course like, the uh, cargo yeah. short wearing community came out and attacked <laughs> <laughs> her. I saw like Alana Pierce mm. uh, from Funhouse was saying like this guy is a legend or whatever, mm. and she 
what's her name? Claire, St. Claire. He was like, whatever. yeah, why don't you she, date him or something? Yeah, why don't you date him? And she, or slide into his DMs. And Alana was like, well, he's married mm. for starters. And I've offered to like catch up with him or hang out with him mm. if he wants to talk about Star Wars. So like, it, yeah, in, in every possible way to me, it backfired on what that woman was trying mm. to do. But yeah, unfortunately, the pendulum swings and uh, the the crazies always come out eventually. Mm. Especially like Star Wars, <laughs> as as much as Star Wars is super popular, yeah, it's it's also got its share of crazies. Oh yeah, possibly some of the worst fans. Um, yeah, <laughs> those hard. And she she kicked the hornet's nest. <laughs> oh yes, she certainly did. She certainly did. Um, and our last rapid fire story, Jono, in, in probably the biggest news story of the year so far, possibly of all time, uh, Meghan Markle shut a car door. Get out of here. Get out of here. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of It Is What It Is. This has been a product of 8-Bit, and you can find all of our content over at 8bit.net or search the 8-Bit Collective hashtag on Twitter. And please, if you can, spare a dollar. It would mean the world to us if you get on over to patreon.com slash weare8bit and uh, show your support for the 8-Bit Collective. You get early access to the 8-Bit cast, as well as a heap of other perks, depending on your tier. And you can follow us on Twitter. Jono is at Jono himself. I am at cruzy underscore mate, and 8-Bit is at weare8bit on all of the socials. Jono, mm-hmm. empty stuff. Yeah, well, like I said, Jack Cruz on Putting in Work, yeah. episode 115. Yeah. It's up now. Go listen to that. Yeah, done. Uh, there will be a new episode on Thursday this week. And of course, uh, yeah, Spy in the Maven, available at all good book retailers if you want to read a, a story that came from the in- insane mind of yours truly. Looks so good. You finished the first draft of, of the second yes. book? Yes. The sequel. I finished the first draft of the sequel. Uh, it took me way longer than the first one Lit. because podcasting takes up a lot of time and energy but yeah it felt good to kind of go back to the start as it were and and start working through and and uh reshaping that lump of clay that is the second book Mm. yeah very good i look forward to finishing the first book (laughs) starting the second book (laughs) yes yes Um, and can i just say about megan uh markle when you when you uh told me we're going to talk about mm. that I, I put her name into like Google News or whatever and a thousand different articles came up Ooh. and I had no idea which one it was. So I currently know way more than I need to about everything that she's been up to and her pregnancy I'm and terribly sorry. deliver her baby. <laughs> terribly sorry about that, John. <laughs> and no, none of them were anything to do with the, the door closing, which I, I did read about a few months ago. Oh, there's just a ridiculous <laughs> article popped up. Something about it. I didn't even read. To be honest, I didn't read the article. Um, it, Maybe it was from six months ago. <laughs> no, no, no. It was. It was definitely this week. I just I saw it and I was like, I'm not. You know, what? I'm not doing it. No, I'm not reading that. That's not news. Um, remember, if you've enjoyed this show, ladies and gentlemen, head on over to iTunes, give us a subscribe, leave us a review. It helps get the word out. It helps us be discoverable. We'll do the same for putting in work and all the rest of the podcasts on the 8-Bit Collective. And if you've got any questions for myself, remember, you can always email me or us at it is what it is at 8bit.net or hit us up on the aforementioned Twitters and socials, mm. etc. Uh, and shout out, as always, to our wonderful sponsor, Audio Technica, for hooking the 8-Bit yeah. Collective up with all the best audio gear in the business make sure to head on over to www
www.audio-technica.com.au for everything you need in the way of audio gear. Jono. Yeah. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you this evening. It has. Looking forward to talking to you in a couple of days about the Avengers. Yeah. It's going to be sick. Until next time, friends, it is what it is.